Yeah. Father, we, um, we thank you for your presence. We thank you for your spirit that is in this place, God. We thank you for moving mightily in worship. You tell us in the word that you inhabit the praises of your people. And Father, you are with us and we are standing or kneeling on holy ground. Father, thank you for reminding us that we don't show up at New Hope to, to play church or check a box, but we show up to have an encounter with the living God. So Father, we thank you that you're here. We thank you that you've promised us you'll always be here. And we pray now, oh God, that you would speak to us through your word. May we never become a church that, that devalues this sacred text. But may we submit to the authority of this book. And may it shape us as a church. Father, speak through me. May people not encounter some mere mortal, but would they encounter the living word of God? And would we all, me included, Father God, humble ourselves before this text and be transformed by the power of your word and your Holy Spirit in our midst. We love you, we honor you, we exalt you to your rightful place. We exalt you to the very throne of our lives, Father. Get us off the throne and take that throne position where you are the first, you are the last, you're the alpha, you're the mega, you're the beginning and the end of our days, you're the beginning and the end of our lives. Be glorified in all that we say and do in this moment. In Jesus' name. And all of those who love God said together, Amen. come on, would you praise him before you see it one more time? There's a spirit in this house today. You guys are awesome. You may be seated. I love the way you worship church and uh, you should know that it blesses the heart of God. And uh, it's one of the things that has always set New Hope apart. There's a spiritual intensity about our worship celebrations. And we just sang the song, right? I exalt thee. So here's my question to you. How do we exalt the Lord? How, how do we do that? Have you, have you ever thought about that? I mean, we just sang about it. That's one thing. But, but how do we exalt the Lord? As my mentor said, he passed away in late 2021. As he used to say all the time, we exalt the Lord by simply loving God and loving people. Everybody say, love God. Love people. Love God. Love people. That's how you exalt the Lord. And to that last part, love people, I would also add to that in light of what I'm talking about today, let people love us. See, some of us are good at loving people, but some of us are not that good at letting people love us. And so I want to I talk to you about that today. I don't know if, if you think about these things. Maybe it's just the, the pastor in me. But um, have you found yourself any in the last couple of years worrying about how 2020 and 2021 might impact us as a human race? Have you, have you thought about that at all? Like, could, could 2020 and 2021 impact us as a human race detrimentally or negatively? 
I, I don't know. I mean, thankfully, we human beings, we have short memories, right? So thankfully, maybe over the long scale, maybe it won't. But again, I worry about that. And I'm talking about particularly as a result of things like social distancing, quarantines, and self-isolation. I want to talk to you today about connecting with the family of God. If you were here last week, you know Pastor Mike Bro did an awesome message uh, in this series called One Matters, and he, he hit the topic of so we serve. One matters, so we serve. And I want to just come bringing praises to you that over 80 of you last week signed up to put a serving towel over your hand and serve in the body of Christ. Can we just celebrate that? That, that was week one. Today... We're in One Matters Part 2, so we connect. So we connect. We love people, and we let people love us. And before the pandemic, we were already a society, come on, you know it to be true, that was becoming more and more withdrawn, secluded, in our own little worlds of social media and self-preservation. Then the last two years, sucker punched us, right? And we shifted into that in a hypersensitized way. And we're still living in this whole culture of self-isolation and quarantines. And, which gives me a chance to say, way to go to you for coming out to church. Like seriously. I think it is awesome that you're here. And, and every Sunday that I'm here, I encounter somebody who says, I'm back for the very first time. You see, God's word says that we were created for community. You were created for community, and so was I. It says that we were created to live within a family, not your immediate family, but the church, the family of God. Ephesians 1.5 puts it like this out loud, church. Go. God's unchanging plan has always been to adopt us into his own what? By bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. God wants to adopt us into what? His own family. And again, loneliness was already skyrocketing before the pandemic. Modern progress has brought unprecedented advances that make it easier for us to technically connect. But so often those advancements have created some unforeseen challenges that make us feel more isolated and disconnected. Social media, for example. Social media can bring people together with mutual interest or make it easier for friends to make plans. Come on. But it also amplifies our disagreements and siphons people into increasingly divisive echo chambers. And because of these divisions, many people are just hunkering down. And they're trying to do life alone. Read a great article recently. And uh, the article talks about this whole subject. The, the title of the article was The Loneliness Pandemic, The Psychology and Social Costs of Loneliness in Everyday Life. And Jacob Sweet says this. Many people are disturbed by all of this that I was just talking about social media. They were disturbed by all of this. So you see levels of depression and anxiety going up in the population. If you're lonely, almost the last thing you want to do is reach out. But you have to make yourself do it. 
Everybody say, one matters. One matters. Now, you know we've always talked about that, and usually we've talked about it in terms of one person who experiences the gospel of Jesus Christ, gets saved, has their sins forgiven. That one person matters. Can I get a strong amen? One matters, right? And so we've said in terms of numbers before, every number matters because, listen, don't get caught up in the numbers. Every number has a name. Every name has a face. Every face represents a soul for which Jesus Christ bled, was crucified, dead, and rose again. One matters. But this theme that we've picked out for 2022 is this theme of one matters, in fact, your pastors and staff got away on a retreat in late November, and we started talking about this theme of One Matters, and we're leaning into it, and it's going to be our theme for the entire year. But stick with me here. It's not just about one person matters who experiences the gospel. Think about it. One person who comes into our doors, even as a believer already, but they're lonely and they're isolated and they experience authentic community, that one person matters. Amen? One leader, Romans 12, 8 says, if you have the gift of leadership, lead diligently. One leader who leads any ministries in the church of Jesus Christ matters. One person who decides to, to get off of self and, and not be selfish and honor the Lord God with their finances, that matters. One person matters in the family of God, which means you matter. You matter to God. And we're going to be talking about that for this next year. If you, if you go to Luke chapter 15, you find in that story three parables. I'm not going to preach from that, but I'm just going to hit it real quickly. In Luke chapter 15, there's a lost coin, there's a lost sheep, and a lost son. Y'all remember? A woman loses a coin. What does she do? Turns the house upside down to find the lost coin. Then there's a lost sheep. Shepherd loses one sheep, still got 99, leaves the 99 just to find the one. One matters. And then that parable ends with Jesus telling the parable of the prodigal son, probably the most popular piece of literature in the Bible and elsewhere. The parable of the prodigal son. The father leaves the house, leaves the party, leaves his older son to go out to find the prodigal son. Everybody say, one matters. And the reason this is so important is because God's biblical vision for the church is that we would be a family where every single person, that includes you here in person and you online, every single person experiences a family where they are needed and known. They are a part of the family of God. Hebrews 2.10 says it like this. Come on out loud, church. God is the one who made all things, and all things are for his glory. He wanted to have many children share in his glory. The entire Bible is about this meta-narrative where God is forming and developing and growing a family. Can you stretch your imagination today? And start to understand that the church is not something that you go to. The church is a family to which you belong. Hello. Church, I know some of you were taught this as a kid. Let's go to church, right? And thank God for your parents if they took you to church, right? Let's go to church. And we go to church and we do this and we go to church and we do that. No, no, the church is not something that you go to. 
The church is a family that you belong to, that you belong in. The Bible has this grander vision than the church just being a building. It's about us being family. So stop looking at me for just a moment and look at your family. Look around you. Oh, that was sweet. I saw that. <laughs> and if it's too awkward for you to look right next to you, look, look across the building. Balcony, look across the way. The biblical grand vision for the people of God is that we will come together as a people of God in all of our different characteristics, right? That we look different, that we act different, that we might dress different, that we might go to a different school. Oh, Lord forbid that we might be on different side of the politics, right? We might be on different side of the issues when it comes to a pandemic, right? But the church is where the people of God, the ecclesia, the called out community, put Jesus Christ front and center. They worship him, they honor him, they serve him. And in his glory, as we exalt him, all of our differences fall by the wayside and we become family. Where we love one another. Like deeply love one another. Can you catch a vision of not just coming to church where you see a band on the stage and you worship and then you see a dude on the stage or a gal on the stage and we try to teach the word of God and it's all about me and God and those people on the stage and we leave, but instead we love. Deeply love one another. Wednesday night of last week, um, I went to my son's basketball game. Uh, he's he's um, a senior. He's getting ready to go off to college. And uh, East Chapel Hill High School was playing Chapel Hill High. And that is a big cross-town rivalry, guys. And so um, we were the guests. We were not on home territory. And so we were playing at East Chapel Hill High School. And uh, the game started, and it was a nail-biter. I mean, it was close. And uh, I kept thinking as I was watching this game, why are there so many cops here? <laughs> like, seriously, I go to all the games, like, why are all these cops here? And there were literally, I counted them, eight cops that were kind of surrounding the peripheral edge of the basketball court. And they were loaded down, right? The vest, the guns, the sticks, the camera, all. And they were just sitting there like this. And, and I, I remember thinking, what are they doing here? But I, it never clicked. I never, I never connected any dots. I just thought, that's weird. And so I kept cheering. And all of a sudden, you know, we got down to the end of the game. There's only a two-point difference going on in the game. And at the end of the game, Chapel Hill High, our team, won the game. To which we went bonkers, right? We were in their court. We went bonkers. We were yelling. We were screaming, high-fiving one another, et cetera. And then I did what I always do when I'm in crowded environments. As soon as it's over, <laughs> I'm heading for the parking lot. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Come on, anybody else with you? I'm, I'm beating the crowd, dude. I'm just saying, that's, that's how I roll. So I'm high-fiving, celebrating, and then bam, I hit the door, and I'm walking to the, to the parking lot as fast as I can. And guys, I kid you not, in the moment that I'm walking to the parking lot, all of a sudden, I realize I am caught up in the middle of a big high school brawl. I'm talking punches were being thrown. Kids were being thrown to the ground. There were even some young girls involved in the fight. The cops came out there immediately, and I'm in the middle of it all. It's going down. And I, I start to try to help the cops, so I'm breaking up the, the East Chapel Hill Tigers from the Chapel Hill, what are, they, what are they called? I don't even know what they're called. Um, I'm breaking up the tigers. Caleb, what are they called? 
the wildcats. Oh, I'm breaking up. I'm breaking up the tigers from the wildcats. And then lo and behold, my youngest, Josh, who's also in here, he's in the midst of it all. He goes, hey, dad, he's helping try to break the thing down. Like it's going, it's going down in the cops. I got I to give props to the cops. Oh, that rhymes. Um, the cops did a great job. They were on it. And they obviously, that's why they were there. They heard that a fight might be going down. And I walked away from there thinking two things. One, thank the Lord there were no gunshots. And in this day and age, I mean, you know that can happen easily. So there were no guns. And then the second thing I thought as I rode home and I just kind of thought about it all, I thought, God, this is what makes your church so beautiful when it's, when it's working right. This is what makes the church of Jesus Christ so captivating is that the church is supposed to be the peaceable people of God. The church is supposed to be family where amidst all of our differences, regardless of whether you pull for East Chapel Hill Tigers or, or, or Wildcats or Chapel Hill Tigers or whether you pull for the Wolfpack or North Carolina Central or Duke or UNC or none of the above, whether you're Republican or Democrat, whether you're vax or not vax, mask or no mask, the church is the place where we put Jesus Christ front and center and we love people. We love people. That's the beauty of the church. Here's a verse, 1 Peter 2, 17. You're reading so well today. Would you continue with me? Go, show proper respect to love your family of believers. Show proper respect to who? You're never gonna believe this. Everyone <laughs> means air one. Everyone. Regardless of whether they do something you don't like, regardless of whether they have a lifestyle you don't approve of, regardless of whether they vote differently than you, look differently than you, come from a different part of the world, our job is to respect and love everyone. And as we love people, check this out, we're being transformed into the image of God. Why? Because God is Love, one of the shortest verses of scripture you'll ever come to. God is love. Secondly, the beauty of being a church where we love people is that we are a family where God's children get along. How many of you are parents? Come on, show of hands, parents in the house. How many of you get upset when your kids fight? Come on, man, there's nothing drives me crazy. And what they'll say to me is, Dad, we're just, this is what we do. This is what kids do. We fight. And then they don't fight bad. They just, you know, kind of having fun. When I was a kid, when I was a kid, I was the youngest of three boys. Uh, when I was a kid, my, my brothers and I fought so much that my dad, I'll never forget it, at Christmas one year, bought us all a pair of boxing gloves. <laughs> and when we were starting bickering and fighting and all, you know what he'd say? Grab the gloves and get in the yard. And we take it out in the yard. And I was the youngest of three, man, and I got my tail whooped. I, I'd go in, I'd, I'd be like that, and they, they, they'd just stand back, and they'd just take me out, man. I, now listen, let me just say this for real. If you're a parent, that is not good parenting. <laughs> don't follow parenting according to Sumter, South Carolina. It, it's bad. <laughs> don't, don't go buy boxing gloves. But as parents, you want your kids to get along. Come on. God is our heavenly parent. And God wants his children to love one another deeply. 
Now, the word that I've been talking about without really saying it is a word that some of you haven't heard in a long time, but if you grew up in the traditional church, you know it well, fellowship. Oh, y'all remember the fellowship halls? Remember those? Remember, remember the, the gray, cold, hard metal chairs in the fellowship hall? Oh, God bless. I'm glad those things went away forever, right? The, the word for fellowship is kononia. Kononia. Say that with me. Kononia. One more time. Kononia. You're a bunch of Greek scholars now. You can go home and say, I, I know what a word. Kononia. It means, it means fellowship. It's listed 43 times in the New Testament. 43 times, kononia. Here's a working definition for you. It refers to concepts such as fellowship, joint participation, the sharing of life with others. It identifies the idealized state of fellowship and unity that exists within the Christian church, the body of Christ. So write this down and, and place it to memory, if you will. Fellowship, kononia, is loving God's family. It's what, church? It's loving God's family. 1 John 4 and 21 would say it like this. The person who loves God must also love other believers. Not should, ought to consider, must love other believers. 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 15, out loud. Go. I am writing so that you'll know how people ought to conduct themselves in God's household, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and foundation of the truth. And I'm wondering today, I'm wondering today if you're like me, and you deeply desire the church being a family. Like, I mean, I mean, for real. I'm wondering today if you find just going to church a little unsatisfying. And I'm wondering today if 2020 and 2021 has not pushed you into a place of isolation. Come on, let's just be honest. And loneliness. And what you're really longing for is this biblical vision of Konania, where we're family and we deeply, deeply love one another. Again, the church is a family. It's not something you go to. The church is not a building. It's ecclesia. It's the people of God called out to be Family. It's why the Bible refers to us as brothers and sisters in Christ, where we love one another. And I hope you feel when I'm up here, I hope you feel the love from me to you, and I most definitely feel the love coming from you to me, but I want you to get a bigger vision today. What about a vision where we love one another? Cross-sectional. And we truly do life together. I want to end today ever so quickly talking about three forms of kononia, three forms of fellowship. And I'll let you know that I almost didn't include the first one because it kind of feels like it's off topic. 
because we're gonna be asking you and inviting you to do life with people, to get involved in groups and really grow as a body of Christ. But in light of 20 and 2021, I realized I, I really have to hit this a little bit. But let me go and say before I do, this is like the shallow end of the pool. This is, this is, this is elementary and you're here, so I'm not preaching to the choir. But it does give me a chance to say to, to those of you who are here and those of you who are online. And I'm talking about the importance of weekly Sunday celebrations. Konania, levels of fellowship. Sunday celebrations. Hey, you got out this morning on a very cold day where you could have stayed tucked in your bed or wrapped up in a blanket watching TV, getting ready for the awesome football games later today. But you got out of a warm house, got into a cold car, and drove to church. Give yourself a hand. Give yourself a hand. That's, it's no small feat. It's no small feat. Way to go. The Bible says this in Hebrews 10, 25. Let us not give up the habit of meeting together. Instead, let us what, church? Let us what? Encourage one another. So I want to look into the camera, and I just want to encourage those of you who are online. We are so glad you are a part of our church online. And you might live away from here, states away, around the world, whatever. We're so glad you are a part of our online community. But if you live anywhere near central North Carolina... We want to invite you to come be a part of our church, flesh and blood, the body, the tangible representation of the body of Christ, brothers and sisters in Christ. An online church was never meant to replace gathering together in person. Can I get an amen? Online church is a window in which you can look into the church, but we want to let you know that we want to invite you to walk through a door at New Hope Church and come be a part of us. And I just met a guy last service. He said it's the first time he'd been here in two years. Can we just say to all those who are out there who, who are thinking, when do I go back to church after the last couple years? Can we just let them know that we want to welcome them back and just come on back home? Come on back home. That's the shallow end. Let's talk about the deep end. Let's talk about what it looks like to truly live a life that embraces people who are different than us, that really shows us what it looks like to be in the family of God. I read a great book one time. It was called Exclusion and Embrace. And the whole premise of the book is that you and I wake up every single day and we are faced with a decision, whether or not we recognize it, that we are gonna live today whereby we embrace human beings or we exclude human beings. As we go to work or go to school or whatever, are we gonna be a person that embraces other people with our smiles and our gestures, or are we going to be a people who exclude people? And I'm wondering, you never know where this is gonna go, so it's always fun. We can do this kind of stuff now. I'm wondering if I can get three volunteers from the house, three volunteers from the house who would come and join me on stage. I'm gonna go back today, way back there. Would you come? I need two more. Don't be shy. Let me get one from this side. Mark Carney, and let me get you, brother. Come on, there you go. There, there's, a, there's three. Come on, come on, Mark. Y'all come on up, up on the stage. This is fantastic. Give them some love. This takes nerve. You stay right there. Hey, I know you. I follow you online. You cut hair, don't you? You cut hair. Yes, that's what I thought. Um, 
you don't cut my hair, you cut women's hair. But you, you yeah. So um, we got Taylor here. No, no, you're fine right here. And we got Mark Carney. What's up, Mark? What's up, my brother? What's, what's your name? Darrell, man. I don't know you, but man, when I get to heaven, I'm going to look like you. Yeah. This brother is cut up. It's, it's fake. It's, it's inflated. I'm fl- inflated before I get to you. You ain't inflated anything. Nah, you ain't inflating anything. All right, you stand back here with me. All right. I want you two to just face one another and just imagine that you're having a conversation. And um, I, I want you to imagine that you are being very exclusionary, exclusionary to one another. You're not including one another. You're just, you're kind of closed off from one another. What would that look like to you? Oh, that's good. <laughs> have, you ever, have you ever tried to talk to somebody like this? Come on, be honest. We all have. All right, yeah, yeah, swiping on the phone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, all right. This is going to be good, I can tell. Now, I want you to imagine that you're, you're, you meet and you are not excluding people that day, but you are embracing people that day. What would that look like? Oh, yeah. Yeah, good. <laughs> Mark already went there. So this is good. This is good. Now you're right here. And uh, Darnell? Darrell. Darrell. Yeah. Mm, <laughs> I mean, I've been needing to get to the gym. I, I feel like I got to get to the gym. I want you to imagine that you walk up to these two. They're having, they're having a conversation in the rotunda at the church. And um, I want you to walk up. Have you ever walked up? You're that awkward person where you're, you're standing out there alone and you feel like you, you want to be involved in a conversation, but you, you, you don't know how. And moreover, you feel like the people that you're trying to get involved in are kind of cutting you off. They're kind of stiff arming you. Has that ever happened to you? Yeah, me too, brother. Um, I want you to just kind of walk up there, and I want you two to just exclude him. What would it look like to exclude him? Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is good. This is good. This is good. And look at Taylor. She's sad just to try to act it out. Okay, now you're having that conversation, and my brother walks up. He's new at the church. What does it look like to include him in the conversation? Hey. <laughs> All right, give it up for these three. Great job. Great job. Every single day and on Sundays, come on, we say with our body gestures whether or not we're going to exclude people cut them off, walk around with a frown on our face, or whether or not we're going to give gestures and a smile that includes people. And I didn't say this last celebration. It's not even in my notes, but I want to say this. All the racial tension that we sometimes find in our country, you want to help be a solution to the problem? I know you do. That's who we are as a church. When you're out and about and you see someone who looks different than you, smile at them and speak to them. It doesn't take much. Just smile and let your gestures and your body language say, hey, you go before me or hey, how you doing? And smile and speak. Speak, and you will be amazed at how the temperature will change in the room. 
So this church is a church that has always said, we are a people who embrace humanity. Come on. We are a people who love people regardless of anything. And the way we do that is we, again, lean into this concept of the church being family. We're a family. And I want to just end today by giving you a few opportunities to move from just going to church. Again, if you're anything like me, you're longing for this. Well, I'm so excited about this new men's group that I'm launching. I'm so excited about moving out of 2020 and 2021 and getting back to the church being family. You got a card on your way in. Would you, would you just hold that card up? If you didn't get one, would you raise your hand? We got ushers on point ready to make sure. I want every single person to have. There's some in the balcony that don't have them, and maybe we got an usher up there. Way to go. Give our ushers and greeters some love. They are on spot. Down front here, Ashley. If you don't have a card, raise your hand. And the rest of you, get the cards moving. We've got a few down here that don't have one. Uh, wave the card in the air. Like, let's get some the, the, the Pentecost. Winds of Pentecost going in this place. Oh, that feels good. You wouldn't believe it. Now, last week, again, Pastor Mike Brogue taught a great message on one matter, so we serve. And that's this side where you got behind the scenes and from the front lines. If you missed last week or you've just been thinking about it since last week and you want to get involved in serving the King of Kings, the Lord Jesus Christ, in his family, the church, just mark that. Last week, we had over 80 people sign up to get involved in ministry. Awesome. Flip it over to the other side. And I'm very proud of the, of the work that our discipleship team has done here at the church. Look at these discipleship courses that we have here at the church. Maybe you're like, you know what? I don't want to go to people's homes. Um, I'd rather just go to the church. We got these discipleship courses. Tuesdays, we got Move Moms Ahead. This is for single moms. Single moms, I've always said this. You're my hero. Can we love on the single moms? You guys are fantastic. And single dads. Single dads. That's not easy. We got another group on Tuesday called The Chosen. All these groups on Tuesdays and Thursdays start at 6.30 p.m. here at the church. And they start this week. Thursdays, we've got a group called Unexpected, which is a women's group. We've got a series called 33, the series. That's a men's group. We've got a group for couples. That's called Love Talk. And we've got a group called Financial Peace University, FPU, by Dave Ramsey, gifted, anointed leader. These are not small groups. These are mid-sized groups that meet at the church. Um, pastor Alexis is our discipleship pastor here, and uh, Pastor Mike Stamps is our discipleship pastor here. So they're, they're in the house today, and they have done a great job. You fill out this card, mark one of those areas, and they will be in touch with you. The Rooted Group and the Alpha Group are two mid-sized groups as well. And uh, Rooted, if you're interested in membership, Rooted is an amazing opportunity to get your theology straight. There's some unbelievable theology in Rooted. It teaches us, as Paul would say in Ephesians, how to get rooted in the faith. And when you graduate from Rooted, which is a 10-week discipleship course, you join the church. It's a great entry point into the church. If you're just interested in Christianity and you don't really know what it all is and how to, you just kind of you feel very elementary and basic. Maybe you didn't grow up in the church. Alpha is a great group for you. That's mid-size groups. Last thing I'll say today is you've got life groups in homes. We've got all these different life groups. This comes straight from Acts chapter 2. 
where we've got these life groups that meet in people's homes and, and they meet at different times of the week, different days, devote yourself to, there it is, Acts 2.42, fellowship. Now what I wanna invite you to do today is I wanna invite you to grab that pen that's in front of you and go ahead and start to fill this out if you're longing for community. If you want church to become more than just a Sunday morning event that I go to, but it's a family where I learn to love people and grow in my faith. You can fill it out or you can take your phone and you can scan that QR code right there. I've tested it, it works. You just take your phone, take out your camera if you haven't done this, bam. Scan it, it'll open it up to a world for you to take your next step and get connected. While you're filling that out, and I literally wanna give you a chance to start doing that now. While you're doing that, I wanna tell you a story. You can multitask, you can write and listen at the same time. Some time ago, a member of a certain church who had previously been an usher was very dialed into the church stopped going to the church altogether like a lot of people have in the last couple years. And in, in those days, it was a small church, so the pastor would know when someone stopped going. So the pastor decided to pay this usher a visit after about three weeks of him not being in the church. So he knocked on the door, and uh, the guy opened up the door to the pastor and welcomed him and brought him into a big den area where there was this blazing, roaring fire in the fireplace. Guessing the reason for the pastor's visit, the man welcomed him and tried to have some small talk, but the pastor actually didn't say much. The pastor was very quiet. And that brought about a four or five minutes of quietness as they sat there and they just looked at this fire, these burning logs. And after about four or five minutes, the, the pastor got up from his chair and he grabbed the, the tongs off the hook on the fireplace and, and he reached into the roaring fire and he picked up a red glowing ember and he moved it over to the side a couple feet from the fire itself. And he went back and he sat down. And again, he, he was quiet, intentionally so. And they sat there and they looked at the fire and they looked at this ember over to the side and after about another four or five minutes, that ember grew darker and darker and darker and of course, cooler and cooler and cooler. After that ensued for a few minutes, the pastor got back up, grabbed the tongs again, grabbed the ember put it back in the fire and lo and behold it started glowing again with warmth the pastor then stood up to leave and, and the usher knew what the message was and he said to the pastor I'll see you on Sunday sorry I've been away 2020 and 2021 has made so many of you feel colder maybe a little darker. We've all felt more isolated. We've all felt lonelier. 
God's vision for the church has never been that we would just go to a service. God's vision for the church is that we would be a peaceable people who deeply, deeply love one another. So much so that we do life together. So much so that we carry one another's burdens. So much so that we share stuff with our brothers and sisters when they're in need. And I just got to tell you, it is the best thing happening on planet earth. It always has been. And it always will be. And again, I'm just wondering if there's something inside of you, like me, that longs to get back to the simplicity and the beauty of the local church. I don't know if you've ever heard of Mel Gibbons. Mel Gibbons is a lawyer. She's also an author. She's written several great books. The Five Second Rule, which I'll talk about in a moment. The High Five Habit. She wrote a book called How to Stop Screwing Yourself Over. And she had a TED Talk that went viral. Melanie, or she's known as Mel, invented something called the Five Second Rule. Have you guys heard of this? Now, where I'm from. <laughs> where I'm from, it's not that. Where I'm from, the Five Second Rule is if you, you or your kids drop some food. You know what I'm saying? You pick that bad boy, I still live by this. You pick that bad boy up within five seconds and eat it, it is good. Because God made dirt and dirt don't hurt. Can I get an amen? Some of your kids need to get out in the dirt more, I'm just saying. Um, but she, she invented this five second rule. And uh, I saw a video just last week on TikTok uh, about this and I want to show it to you, check it out. So the five second rule is a self-coaching tool. That's all that it is. Okay. And it's something that I invented literally 20 feet from here in my bedroom, although that bedroom wasn't built back then. It was something that I invented to beat my habit of hitting the snooze button. Mm. And the way that it works is very simple. The moment that you need to do something and you can feel yourself hesitating and you can feel the excuses rolling in, count backwards to yourself, five, four, three, two, one, and something weird will happen. The moment you get to one, you'll actually move. Just a short, simple concept. But I gotta tell you, it resonates as true to me. Come on, you've been there. You're at, you're at a party, right? And the dance floor is happening. And you wanna go dance. Some of you are like, can, you, can Christians go to a party and dance? Yes, yes. You need to behave yourself and act like you got some sense, but yes, yes. Let me state that for the record. And you've been there, haven't you? You're out there and it's happening and you wanna dance, right? You wanna dance. If you don't go, if you don't take a step to go dance, come on, you're gonna pull the emergency brake before long and you won't dance. True, true. Uh, here's another example that might relate to others of you. Some of you might be like, I don't go to parties, I don't dance. Okay, um, maybe, you gotta, maybe you wanna work out. It's January, you wanna work out, right? And you got, you got set times on your calendar to go work out at the gym or you have a gym at home. You know what it's like when you're supposed to work out and then there's that moment. <laughs> Happens all the time, right? There's that moment where you know you should go hit the road and run or go lift some weights or whatever and you just don't wanna do it. There's about five seconds there that if you don't marry that desire with some action, the chances are you're gonna pull the emergency brake 
and you won't work out that particular day. This resonates as true to me. And so today we're gonna end the service very different. You got your card? Hopefully you picked up a pen. You can take the pen with you. Steal it in the name of Jesus. Leave it somewhere where somebody can find hope and maybe come to this church. Or you got your phone out. You're gonna do, you're gonna do the scan QR code either way. But if you're here today or you're online, because this, this can impact you online, you can still get involved in community from online and you can come here on a Tuesday or a Thursday or have a life group in your home, whatever the case may be. If there's been something inside of you today that's just an itch that you know you need to scratch. It's, it's a deep desire, a longing for the church to be so much more than an event, but the church to be family where you can do life with other people and you can love people and let people love you and you can grow in your faith like never before. If you desire that, like I do. Let's practice the five-second rule. Because if you sensed it as I'm teaching today, or you sense it in this moment, if you don't marry some action with that desire, the chances are you're going to pull the emergency brake. So let's count down. This is how we're ending church today. Let's count down. And you can take this car. You can stay in your seat. Keep filling it out if you need to when we're done. You can take this car, you can drop it in any of our black giving boxes on the first floor or the second floor. These boxes can serve as multiple purposes. You can drop it in or better yet, there are ushers at the doors and they're gonna have baskets in their hand and you just walk by and drop your card in that basket. The five second rule. On one, marry some action with that desire if you have that desire. Ready? I'm gonna count down from five to one. Join me. Five, four, three, two, one. Have a great week, church. Love you. God bless.